On this episode of Deep Dive, we are going to talk about the best women's matches of 2023. Buckle up and get ready. See you soon. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dive on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am Candice, aka the Ladies Wrestling Griot, and I'm really excited to dive into this new topic because after all of the spending that we have done as adults during this holiday season, it's nice to at least be able to cherish going back into this year and thinking about all the amazing wrestling that we had. Hey, that's something we can actually do for free at this time of year. Now, as we already know from seeing many lists of some of the best women's wrestlers in this year, this type of topic, talking about the best matches in women's wrestling is kind of topic that can create a lot of debate, a lot of deep-seated arguments, but hey, that's kind of the point, right? There is so much wrestling content from countless promotions around the world, so not everyone is going to agree about what their favorite matches are. But because this is Deep Dive, this is just my opinion of some of the best matches of 2023. We're going to go in on about 25 to 26 um, matches and really try to lay in thick what were some of the best. Um, and next week, I really want to go into some of the best moments that women have had in wrestling this year to kind of have um, some moments that obviously could not be uh, that were not involved in matches, but still made a really impactful uh, TV um, or pay-per-view moments that uh, we really enjoyed throughout this year. So we'll kind of mix it up with that so that maybe some women or moments uh, that we all remember for this year can also be added into this to, you know, try to make it fair. So let's just dive right into it. My first match, none of these matches, by the way, are in any type of order. So please don't crucify me in the comment section. This is all just a few matches that I was actually picking up over the past year and just deciding to put them in a list because so much happens within a year that it's kind of hard to remember every match. And even when I was trying to make this list to fit into an episode, so many matches had to be left on the cutting floor. So this is in no particular order, just some matches that I thought could fit within this that let's just say because it's so hard to wrap up all the great matches of the year, there was no way that I was going to be able to cover every promotion. So this uh, list is really diving into some of the major promotions around the world. Um, I'm a big indie wrestling fan, but sometimes it's really hard trying to cover everything within wrestling, let alone women's wrestling. So let's get into the first match that I'm going to cover, and that is going to be Mercedes Monet 
versus Kyrie. And at this time, when Kyrie was still in stardom, we simply called her Kyrie. And I love this match. This was one of the first matches that I tagged um, at the beginning of two, uh, 2023 because I knew after watching this that this was going to be something that I was going to discuss um, as one of my favorite matches from uh, this year. And I feel like this match helped to start off the year right. Uh, it helped to set the tone for what type of matches we were gonna see coming into this new year. And I think that this match really helped to shut up the naysayers for Mercedes Monet as she was beginning her journey outside of WWE. And her first move to New Japan had um, many people either being really happy about it or being extremely critical about what she can do outside of WWE. And I feel like this match at Battle of the Valley for New Japan Pro Wrestling really helped to set the tone from what people could expect from Mercedes with this new character, this new look. Um, still the same bravado, I feel, that she had in WWE, but really taking it up a notch. And you can see that feeling of freedom that Mercedes had going into this new run. And I feel that Kyrie also had a lot of pressure. She had not too long at the, uh, at this time came from WWE and was really trying to remind fans what she did before she was in uh, WWE and going to her old stopping grounds in stardom. And when stardom and New Japan really started to create this great partnership, we see this new title come into play. And Kyrie is the one that had to help develop this, uh, develop the, the women's IWGP uh, title. And you can, uh, I, I mean, you guess that with you establishing, being the inaugural champion, that you really have to set the tone for why people would care about the title. So I'm pretty sure that just like Mercedes was going into this match with pressure, Kyrie was as well. But I truly believe that Kyrie and Mercedes did not let that show because this was a phenomenal match. We really get into Mercedes coming into this, I think taking everything that she's been hearing and really plugging into making people remember this match. And she comes in with her wrestling gear that was inspired by the late Hanukkah Mora. And I think that this was a very classy way to start off this match, to make it clear that even though Mercedes is known for having the moments where she really wants to show herself off, she wanted to pay homage uh, to Hannah, and I think that that was a very classy, respectful, professional move to make, and it was pretty cool to see. And I definitely was a huge fan of Hannah, so that was great to see that to start off uh, this fantastic match. The fans were absolutely here for Mercedes even before the match started, and we were able to see that Bailey was actually in attendance in the crowd for this match too, as it took place in uh, LA. So that was pretty cool. And uh, as we've seen in Mercedes' um, new journey that she's had in 2023, she has had the support of her friends, friends like Naomi, Bailey, Tamina, that have really been there to support her. Even if they couldn't be there in person, they made their presence known. So this match was no different with Bailey in attendance. And um, going to this match, you see that both women, Kyrie and Mercedes, have a lot of respect for each other. But they really love the idea 
of them holding that IWGP Women's Championship more. So we see a ferocious side of both women and many wrestling styles on display. I think many wrestling styles that were a bit surprising uh, uh, to, to a lot of fans when it came to Mercedes because um, after that debut that she had in New Japan um, at Wrestle Kingdom, I think a lot of people were skeptical about whether Mercedes can pull off a few moves that she was learning that were more on the Lucha side um, and kind of like laughing and mocking the fact that there was a little slip up with one of uh, the new finishers that Mercedes was going to start having. But in this match, there was no slip up of anything in Mercedes was on. So was Kyrie. You could see that fight in Kyrie that she was not going to give up this title. You saw this fight in Mercedes that she needed this title. She needed to prove that she was coming to take every belt that she ever dreamed of having once she started this new journey in 2023. And there were some great spots outside of the ring as well that really made us feel that these women were literally going to kill each other to make sure that they had that title at the end of the night. And ultimately, Mercedes was the one that took the win and she became the new IWGP Women's Champion. And um, I love this match from top to finish. Um, the only thing I think that I had a problem with, and it wasn't even that Mercedes was getting the title, it was just that I felt that Kyrie could have really ran with that title and had a longer reign. Um, and obviously now Kyrie is back in WWE, so who's to say who would ever see that? But um, great match, five stars across the board but I would have loved to see Kyrie just have a longer title reign. That's the only complaint I think I could have, but it's not really with the match. It's just with the direction that possibly Kyrie was going on during her time in stardom and with the partnership with New Japan. I think she really could have ran more with that title. So now we're going to get into the second match that I have, once again, not in any order for uh, these uh, best women's matches in 2023. And that is the match from Women's Wrestling Army. It was so hard to just pick one from Women's Wrestling Army, but I knew I had a lot to cover, so I had to choose one. And the match that I picked was against Masha Slamovich, Jordan Blade, and Janai Kai. And this match was a dream match, especially for fans like me of all three women, to confirm who can hit the hardest? And I love the way that this match was really built up. We uh, were in anticipation for this match. It didn't just pop up out of thin air. They were really plugging this match throughout uh, last year's season. Sorry, this year's season of Women's Wrestling Army. And I love how they built up the anticipation. They really built up all of the women in, um, in Women's Wrestling Army before we saw this phenomenal match. And I don't think that there was anyone in attendance that would have thought that um, this match wouldn't have been a banger. And it was. There were chops, German suplexes, and deadly kicks to the chest. Anything you can think of that these three ladies are known to, to do and are known for uh, when it comes to their hard-hitting uh, action took place in this match. Uh, one of the biggest spots of the match is actually featured this picture right here with 
when each woman got each other in a headlock and they were choking each other out. And then right after that, they commenced to chop one another over and over again. But ultimately on this night, Janai Kai got the win and she proved that she was the hardest hitting wrestler for that match. Um, definitely a match that I cannot recommend more. And just like I said, it was so hard to pick what would be uh, the match for Women's Wrestling Army. Um, but I must say the two seasons that Women's Wrestling Army has had, which if I'm not mistaken, I think both seasons are available on YouTube with full episodes. Um, they really need to be on like everyone's list for 2022 and 2023 for some of the best women's wrestling matches out there right now because every match is, in my opinion, a main event. Or even when you had like some matches that you were seeing with women that were really coming up, these this was a great starting point uh, for a lot of women that are trying to get into business. But then Maria Canellis was really putting some matches together that, just like I said, were dream matches that I've been wanting to see over the past two years. So if you have not watched Women's Wrestling Army before, definitely check out their matches now. It was like pulling teeth to try to uh, to just stay firm and strong with just one pick for this list. But literally every match that they have for every single episode is worth taking a look at. Let's get into the next match. I'll have, coming from WWE, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. This match, if I'm going to be honest, because I gotta keep it real, the way that uh, this match for WrestleMania was marketed, I was not anticipating it because it just felt like it wasn't really being built up. And, but the actual match did deliver. Um, not that I'm really surprised about it because of course we have Rhea Ripley and Charlotte in this match, so they can't do anything else but deliver. And I loved how Rhea came into this match with the chip on her shoulder when it came to proving the people wrong who early on said that she looked exactly like Charlotte and we have to go back to when Rhea first came into WWE and she had the long blonde hair. And even though her persona was different from Charlotte, she kept getting those comparisons during the Mae Young Classic. And I feel like that really just stayed on her, that, that chip that she really wanted to prove that she was completely different. And she really wanted to prove that she had come a long way since that Mae Young Classic, since being in NXT and really making her name a name for herself on the main roster as well, that she had in fact eclipsed Miss Flair in, in Rhea's opinion. So I did love that aspect to the buildup of this match. And I believe that Charlotte came into this match very cocky. And Rhea really had to put, uh, you know, Charlotte in place a little bit by using her brute strength and cat-like reflexes to win this match. And I love that not only did uh, Rhea Ripley beat Charlotte, not only did Rhea Ripley win the SmackDown title, but she did it on the biggest stage of them all. And I love the look at the end of this match that uh, Charlotte has as she's on the other side of the ring. And you can tell that even though this was a hard fought match and the women really brought it, 
you could see that Charlotte was a bit um, happy to see that uh, Rhea was getting this moment to shine, especially on the grandest stage of them all. So that was really cool to see that and definitely shows the sportsmanship that Charlotte has. And even though naturally, Charlotte always wants to be the best. She always wants to be the champ. She cares about the product and the women that um, deserve to shine because of what they're putting in there. And this was definitely Rhea's year to, year to have this, uh, this opportunity to hold that title up at WrestleMania. So definitely one of the best matches of this year. Let's dive into another match, shall we? Uh, we're going to go into, let me just see. I may have mixed up some of them. I did, and I can just talk about it because I just like almost showed you guys every match that I'm going over. But the next match that I want to go over was, and I don't think I have a photo for it, but that's okay, is Masha, Masha Slamovich versus Killer Kelly. This was another uh, dream match that I really wanted to see uh, in, uh, in 2023. So I'm happy that I actually was. Uh, Masha and Killer Kelly to me were the perfect uh, setup in Impact because both Masha and Killer Kelly have built a reputation of being some of the most violent, intense wrestlers in the world. And now they were on the same division, the Knockouts division in Impact. So things were really going to heat up with these two being able to stand face to face together. And this was certainly a collision that fans wanted to see. Um, Masha and Killer Kelly came into this match actually really excited and dare I say, especially for Killer Kelly, a bit giddy to face off against each other. And Masha really takes it to Killer Kelly starting early on. But it just seemed like Killer Kelly was just gearing herself up that whole time that Masha was attacking her and trying to build up her power. And she actually seemed like she almost enjoyed being beat up by Masha, I think, to kind of gear herself up to know, okay, this is what I can expect from Masha, so now I can bring in my offense. So that was really cool to see. And you start to see towards the middle of the match, both women just going back and forth at each other. And as Masha shows that uh, she's just toying with Kelly, even biting her on the forehead before delivering some spinning back fist, Killer Kelly puts out some really deadly headbutts. She gets in the killer clutch and it seems to almost take Masha out. But Slamovich is smart enough to use Killer Kelly's body weight on the rope to pin her. Even while still in uh, the clutch that Killer Kelly put on, Slamovich takes the win. But Killer Kelly gets the last laugh as she gets that killer clutch locked in even after the bell rings. And she smiles as she sees that Masha is discombobulated. And somehow... After this match, we still have where Killer Kelly and Masha Samlish actually begin an amazing tag team together. And that was hard to not like add those amazing matches that they've been having as a tag team for this list. But just like I said, if I did, we'll be here for a very, very long time. So that was definitely a match that I really enjoyed. And I will give it to Impact as we're going to see on this list. They know how to put together some dream matches. So let's go to the next match on the list, which is Trinity 
versus Diana Perrazzo at Slammiversary. So since Trinity's debut in Impact Wrestling, she made it clear that she wanted to face off against Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna was ready to prove that Trinity accomplished a lot in WWE, but Impact was her territory, and it was a whole different ball game in the Impact Zone. And I love the buildup for this. I will say, uh, I feel that for women's matches, uh, and just the women's divisions in general, Impact really makes sure that they take the time to build up why these two women are competing. Why do we care as an audience? And then allows you to absorb that that match will be coming up. So this was no different. The buildup was awesome. And we even had before this match at Slammiversary, Slammiversary where Deanna and Trinity even tagged in a match. So it really gave them a chance to check out each other's styles, and even at the end, still size each other up and make it clear that they were ready for battle at Slammiversary. And since Trinity's debut, she really has showcased her wealth of moves that she has already had even when she was in WWE, but you can tell she acquired um, during her, her time off and then leading into her coming into impact because she was bringing move after move, going into Lucha, having that awesome Samoan drop that she put into the match, the submission holds. And I love how Trinity's submission holds really matched up with Deanna's immaculate technical skills. It was really refreshing to see that in this match. And I also must highlight the high flying moves that Trinity is known for. It's not like it's new, but she really took it up a notch and she's really perfected it over the past year. And um, Trinity was able to dethrone Perrazzo, which I, I wasn't sure how they were going to go with the ending of this match because obviously Deanna has been a very strong champion off and on for the past three years. So I was I was a bit surprised that on Trinity, Trinity's first a challenge for the title that she was actually going to get the knockouts title. But this match, in fact, started off Trinity's knockout women's championship era and it was a really solid match and really great build up so kudos to these two women on that brilliant match let's go to the next match where we go to ring of honor that has been slapping this whole year especially with athena athena has really been bringing it uh in this match in uh, this uh, title reign, excuse me, because I don't think, and this is just once again, my humble opinion, I don't think in this year that anyone else has had a stronger title reign than Athena. And I know that's a bold statement, but I stick by it, okay? Even I stick by it by how many matches I had to carefully look through and to help me decide what were going to be some of the best matches of 2023. And Athena came up many times. But this match in particular, Athena versus Willow Nightingale at death before dishonor. Even though this, uh, these women have had other bangers this year, I had to stick to one of uh, the favorite matches that I could pick from this year. And Willow and Athena really have been formidable, formidable opponents um, as Ring of Honor has really made sure this year that they upheld the legacy 
of the women's division. And um, that was something that I was very happy to see because the way that Maria Canellis left um, the women's division and Ring of Honor in 2021, I was really hoping that as Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor, that they would keep the women's division at a high level, and they certainly have. So that is definitely something that I want to highlight because many times when you see that change of guard, usually the women's divisions are the ones that suffer the most. But Athena's reign has proven, along with many of the other women on the roster, that they are going strong. And uh, Willow had been proving for years that she is a world champion uh, in every way. And many times over this year, she has been getting the short end of the stick, in, in my opinion. And Athena's whole mindset changed since leaving the AEW roster and shifting her whole attention, her whole mind on Ring of Honor and her quest for gold. And it served her well. You started to see a more villainous, uh, angry, um, but excited to pick apart the porcelain huzzies. And when you started seeing that shift, you see that Athena has been unstoppable. So one might argue that maybe you have to get like Athena to have a type of that type of title reign. And she has successfully held onto that title and she has held it with an iron fist. Uh, but every time Athena and Willow lock up, Willow always gives Athena a run for her money. But Athena always manages, usually through cheating or causing her opponent to become distracted to get the win. This time, Athena actually gets Willow to tap out. So I hope, I hope that we get to see these women lock up again. And I'm going to feel really confident in the fact that I believe that Willow will probably maybe in this year, not sure, but really close down the road, hold that Ring of Honor Women's Championship because of how much she has already added to the prestige prestige of the Ring of Honor women's division. So I am pretty sure that is in her future to hold that title. Let's get to the next match on the list. And that is Miko Sadamora versus Roxanne Perez. The reason why I have uh, this match is because I feel that after Mandy Rose's phenomenal title reign, during the NXT 2.0 era, Roxanne really had to prove that she could face off against a really strong uh, competitor. And I don't think that you can get any stronger than facing off against the final boss, Mako Sanamora. This build up was great with Roxanne wanting to prove before the match that she was a formidable opponent for the veteran as she endured the grueling training that Miko put the other women through uh, two weeks before that match. And she really earned the respect of Sanamara, but Sanamara was making it clear that even though Roxanne had her respect, she was coming for that title. And you can see uh, this... Uh, to me, a very mature uh, yet bold uh, disposition that Roxanne had where she knew that everyone was going to be trying to get that title and she was going to take the challenge. And as these women got into this match, Mako takes Roxanne to the ringer. And even though Roxanne put up a good fight, Sarah Mora just had that experience that you can't 
God. She knew how to get out of everything. She knew what position to make sure that Roxanne was in so that she could get the upper hand. And even then, Roxanne was able somehow to get a quick roll-up to retain her title. But even though she got that, that win, you can definitely see that this was a battle to the end. And even though Perez retained her title, Roxanne was clearly overexerted at the end of this match and she passed out in the ring. And Nico was extremely worried and she was trying to check up on Roxanne. At the end of the match, the refs were trying to push her away so that they could tend to Roxanne. Roxanne is put on the, the gurney and taken uh, to, uh, to the ambulance and sent to the hospital. And I felt like maybe this was possibly the way they ended the match uh, with this, that they were going to allow uh, Mako to possibly have a rematch, but we never saw that. This did not go into a rematch. We didn't even see really the storyline really tapped into again. They made it clear that Roxanne was okay and that she came back and made it clear she was still going to defend her title, but you didn't see any more interaction between Roxanne and Mako after this. And I thought that that was a bit of a letdown to have that extreme of an ending without really tapping into um, some type of lead back into it. But still a strong match that I do think should be on the list. And I'm hoping, especially with NXT UK being gone, that we might see another appearance by Mako again, either NXT or possibly on the main roster. But Still a good match, and hopefully we get a, another uh, match from the final boss under WWE. So the next match that I have on the list is Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Awatani. And uh, this was a must-watch for me because I love to see uh, a new champion, but I think it's more important to see how their title reign pans out, how strong of a champion they could be, and what type of uh, five-star matches they can put on, put on after that. And I think that the rest of the world was waiting to see how Mercedes was going to do in a stardom ring, which is a whole different playing field, and how she was going to do in a stardom ring defending that IWGP title. And uh, as we always know, Mercedes, she's not going to let you see her sweat. And she was going up, in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers in the world right now um, of uh, Mayu. So I was really looking forward to seeing how she was going to do in this. The confidence was there for Mercedes. And obviously she needed that because there's no way that you're going to come off uh, tried to have any insecurities getting into the stardom ring. And I think that Mayu came into this match really wanting to tear Mercedes apart because uh, I really think, and I even saw this in some other um, matches over the past year, whether it was in stardom or for New Japan uh, pro wrestling shows with a lot of the Joshi wrestlers, that I think that they kind of feel slighted that um, many times the attention is on uh, the foreigners coming and defending the title, but you have all this amazing talent and stardom. And I think that, you know, they kind of have a chip on their shoulders with that. And they have to prove that they're just as talented, obviously, um, than the U.S. talent coming in. So you can kind of see 
uh, that tension there in this match. And I really liked it because I feel like it pushed Mercedes to really turn it up a notch and take it to Mayu. And not everyone came with the women of stardom. So it was really good to see Mercedes bringing out that strong style as well and holding up. And But even with that, Mayu proved that she is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And she was able to take the win and become the new IWGP women's champion. And just like I said, the only thing that I could say that could possibly be a negative is that many times I keep seeing uh, with this very short um, time that the IWGP uh, women's title has been around is that usually in every match, the title is changing hands and you're not seeing a full on run or reign from the women who are getting the title. So far, um, Awatani has been the only one that has been able to at least have like two matches with the title and actually win after that to still hold on to the title. So I'm hoping that we can see um, a, a longer run uh, with uh, Awatani to just see how her run is going to be and really grasp the fact that she is a champion. And even after winning the match, there was and there has been a gap in any defenses of the championship. Um, we recently saw, if uh, memory serves me correct, it was either at the end of October or the beginning of November, where Amayu went against Stephanie um, Van Kerr, uh, which was a great match, um, defending the IWGP title. So I'm hoping that uh, Iwatani could have a, a longer run so we can really see if she... Uh, how she really evolves as a champion because so far this title has changed hands so many times. So I'm hoping to see that, but this match with Mercedes was a very strong match and it was pretty surreal seeing uh, Mercedes in the stardom ring. So pretty cool. All right, let's get to the next match on the list. We have Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus um, at Payback and I loved seeing a heel Trish Stratus come back. That was awesome because I'm gonna be honest, and I love how they played it, by the way, because I wasn't I wasn't expecting this. When Trish came back and she was kind of having a moment, you know, where she's uh, mentoring the newer women in WWE, it wasn't that there was anything wrong with it, but it felt kind of still like we saw this from Trish before. So when Trish went back to her roots, okay, and she brought out the heel Trish to make it clear and to set the tone that she didn't go through all the things she went through in her generation to have them, uh, this new generation complaining about the small things and not realizing how she set the tone for them to enjoy this new women's revolution that they have. I was here for it. I was here for the cowboy hat, for the leather jacket, for the boots, everything. I loved seeing this and I love that Trish just dug in her bag and made sure that she was doing interviews completely still in character and really setting the tone that that's how you market a match. And as we've seen with Becky Lynch in 2023, she has been in her bag as well, delivering banger after banger. And this match was no different. We come into the steel cage match. And even though we are currently in 2023, I felt like Trish not only took it back with her look and her heel-like persona, she took it back with a lot of the uh, spots that she put in this match 
to the golden era of the 2000s in WWE, and I was completely here for it. She delivered the widow's peak that paid homage to Victoria, and Becky did the twist of fate to pay homage to Lita, and that was just the chef's kiss. I loved it. And very early on, Trish got a big welt on top of her head. It's like a big egg right in the middle of her head, but that did not stop her at all. It actually brought out an even nastier, ferocious side to her, and I loved it. Because if you're going to have the Hell in a Cell match, you better be prepared to go through it. And these women certainly did. Then we have a very scary-ass spot in, uh, where they're on top of the cage, and Trish is just dangling. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of clutching my pearls at that point. But luckily, nothing bad happened. And it just added to the amazing spot that they did on the top. You see Becky doing a superplex off of the top of the, the uh, cage. And Trish really taking the brunt of that, landing flat on her back. And ultimately... Becky gets the win, but we see a very frustrated Trish, Trish who doesn't want any help from the person that has been helping her throughout this whole heel turn, Zoe Starks, and we see that these two completely end off their friendship in a brutal way with Trish pushing Zoe and then Trish getting what she deserved, which was Zoe attacking her back. But this was a brilliant match from start to finish. I just love that if Trish was going to come back, she was going to make sure that this run was memorable. And she certainly did with this match. Honestly, if Trish didn't want to do anything else in the ring after this, I certainly say this match was completely wrapped up an amazing uh, career in the ring, um, honestly. But this was definitely one of the best matches of the year. Kudos to both women. And Becky has just been on a roll this year. So you know you're going to hear more from her in this list. Uh, let's go to our next match. I'm going to take it to AEW. And uh, we have to talk about um, one of the uh, the most historic moments in AEW was, um, was for All in London, where they got the opportunity to sell out Wembley Stadium. So this was a very... Um, great moment for AEW, one that should not uh, be mocked because it's, it's a huge moment. So I love how it made sense that if you're going to have this big time pay-per-view in one of the biggest stadiums in the world, it makes sense to have a very strong women's match actually be a part of this pay-per-view as well. And Soraya comes into the match as champion. and has her immediate family, sorry, not as champion. She comes into this match being able to be in um, in her home country. And she brings out her immediate family. And we hear, we will rock you throughout the whole stadium playing as a sort of special interest music for this night. And you see this sold out crowd go wild. And this is a pretty rock star moment, considering that throughout Soraya's WWE run, there really wasn't any involvement with Soraya's family and her matches. So this was pretty cool to see the Knight family get that kind of ovation in their home country. And certainly, of what dreams are made of, especially because they are the most uh, well-known uh, English wrestling family. So this was pretty cool to see that 
uh, Soria shared that moment with her family and let them feel that amazing energy from the crowd. So already this match just has all the feels you need to feel like the women are gonna deliver. And Tony Storm comes into this match and she's just really started to develop the timeless Tony Storm gimmick. And it was just so awesome to see because it added a new element to this match that was definitely needed. And Tony and Soraya hug it out in the beginning of the match and they're kind of trying to keep their outcast connection throughout this match. But there are so many blunders that happen between the two of them that uh, we don't really see that come together the way that they probably thought in the beginning of this match. And Britt Baker comes in confident, but she definitely knows that she has to watch out for both Tony and Soraya because they're going to try to work together. And I love the spot where Tony accidentally hits Soraya's mom. And Soraya and her mom want to beat up Tony Storm, and Tony just looks completely confused, and she is apologizing profusely. It is just a hilarious uh, spot. I love that Soraya's mom, who went by Soraya Knight throughout her wrestling career, was actually involved in this match and getting into the action because she's actually one of my favorite wrestlers. So it was really cool to see her have that spot. Um, and this blunder by Tony really just ends her partnership with Soraya in this match and honestly their friendship going forward. And um, as you kind of end out with Tony and Soraya really having their moments in the ring, Britt and um, Hikaru Shida come into this match and they have a strong showing throughout the middle of the match with uh, Britt deli uh, delivering a curb stop and uh, while Tony was already in the PTO submission for Soraya. So that was a really cool spot in the middle of the match that really got the fans revved up. And Sheeta comes in and she delivers a Falcon Arrow to Britt Baker and uh, slamming the DMD onto Soraya. And Soraya, once she's recovered from that, was able to pick up the spray can and spray the eyes of Tony Storm to get the win. And she wins the AEW Women's Heavyweight Championship. And you see her family just come into the ring and they celebrate. And it is really a genuine, uh, just heartfelt moment. And one that I really think that Soraya deserved because of everything that she's gone through with her career, not knowing if she was ever going to wrestle again. And who could have predicted that she would have this type of moment in England with her family there with her and them being able to celebrate with her. So actually, um, even though this is one of my favorite matches from 2023, I would have to put that moment with Soraya um, standing in the middle of the ring holding that title as one of my favorite moments of 2023. So definitely a match that I can go back and watch again because it just has so many great elements to it. Britt Baker and uh, Haruku Ushida's uh, in-ring uh, moments that they had that really created some great, uh, uh, some great moments. But then Tony Storm's comedic talent in this match really being a must-see thing. And then Soraya's mom being involved and having those moments really just all combined to make this a really brilliant match. So definitely one that I recommend. Let's go to the next match. Well, we have Natalia Markova versus Camille at NWA 75 Night 1 in a street fight. And this was not falsely advertised. This was a street fight 
where both women were not going to leave this match without getting that NWA World Women's Championship. Uh, we saw throughout the whole year how Natalia was really proving that she was a strong competitor for Camille. And this is, of course, not the first time that these women have met, but I feel that this was possibly one of the best matches that they've had together. And Natalia and Camille used everything around them to take the other out, whether it was a cooking pan, a trash bin, or even a keyboard. Yeah, a keyboard. This was a must-see match and really did show off or add to the many great matches that Camille had during her title reign uh, in 2023 and uh, was really showing how strong her era as champion was. And in my opinion, I love that Kenzie Page is the new NWA World's Women's Champion, but I feel, especially with the year that Marco had in 2023 and this showcase that she had in this match where she was really taking the brunt of uh, Camille's uh, fury in this match, that that should have led to Camille winning that match. Uh, because it's not about Kenzie not being, um, not having the right to hold the title because Kenzie Page has had an amazing uh, year in 2022 leading into 2023. But I feel like the fight and just the the beating that Natalia took in this match, it just seemed like she should have been able to, to lead with that title. But it's still a great match. And I am pretty sure, I mean, I can't, you know, not psychic, but I'm pretty sure that Natalia will have another opportunity in 2024 to possibly challenge for that title. But this was a really strong match from both women that really set the tone for night one of NWA 75. Going into the next match, we have to go into night two of NWA 75 with Camille versus Kenzie Page. Camille had just come off of a successful title defense the night prior and probably felt that this match would be the one that she could just, you know, put in the bag. She wanted to do that much. But for all the smack talk that Kenzie usually puts out there, she backed it up in the ring in this match and really handed it to Camille. Uh, to be such a young wrestler, Kenzie gives off a very retro veteran-like presence when competing that is quite quite fitting for her spot in WA. She really knows how to read her opponent well. Her in-ring psychology is top tier. In my opinion, um, some of the best psychology work from women in, in the business right now in general. And she really knows how to get the fans involved, which to me is sometimes kind of a lost art with some wrestlers where they are just I feel sometimes too enamored what was happening in the ring, but they're forgetting to really include the fans. Kinsey is very good at that. So for all these reasons, it was fitting that Kinsey had the moment where she shocked everyone and won the title. She won the NWA World's Women's Championship after having a very successful NWA Women's TV title reign. Uh, so this was very fitting. And so far, this new era that we have with Kinsey Page in 2023 has been awesome. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's going to do in this new year. Um, just, uh, just a brilliant match and a brilliant two nights of Camille defending this title. Let's go into the next match. We have, oh, see, yep. See, people showing 
you know, showing that respect for Soraya because she did her thing in that match and had just a great moment at um, AEW All In. So I completely agree with that. Uh, let's go into this next match. Uh, we have for the NXT Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton. I can't say enough about this match because this really is one of my favorite matches from this year. This was the sequel, the second dance that these two women will have in this phenomenal feud. Tiffany walks around NXT as the cockiest hen in the house and will love to prove everyone wrong uh, when they refute that. Becky Lynch came back to NXT really to prove to herself that she could do something that she was not able to do during her run at NXT, which was to win the NXT women's title. She did that, but in doing that, she left a chip on Tiffany Stratton's shoulder. And Tiffany at that point was desperately wanting to get back to holding that NXT women's title. And I loved when everyone was really upset that Tiffany lost the title because you just know that clearly if they were going to give Tiffany that great showing, that was not going to be the last match that they had. And obviously that was true because then we had this No Mercy Extreme Rules match uh, made. And um, I love how this match starts off with Tiffany already wearing the brass knuckles while she's waiting for Becky to come down the ramp. And Becky cannot come down the ramp until she has brought all of her weapons in her handy dandy shopping cart on the way to the ring. And Tiffany took a hell of a beating in this match, whether it was with the construction hat that Becky had on, a trash bin, a chain that was given to Becky by a, a fan in the crowd, being thrown into stairs while being smushed into a shopping cart or being slammed into the ring that were filled with broken Barbie dolls. This beatdown was real. But even then, even with this beatdown, Tiffany was showing how strong and powerful she was and how much of a beating she can actually take. Even after she was whacked by the barbed wire baseball bat that Becky Lynch had, she flipped Becky into a guardrail and took a swanton bomb off the top rope onto Becky through the table. I mean, there were so many highlight reels in this match. It's hard to keep up. And it was kind of hard for the commentary to keep up because there was move after move, action after action that just kept you on your toes as a fan. And I think that Tiffany did show that she is going to be a major player, not just in NXT, but definitely when she goes to the main roster on whichever show they put her on uh, in WWE. But ultimately, Becky Lynch did take home the win for tonight, for that night. And I kind of thought with the type of match that they had, that that was going to solidify that Tiffany was going to get that belt back. Because then I felt like it really would have put a lot of weight into why Tiffany was the champion because she did beat Becky Lynch. And I get why they probably didn't think that was a good idea for, for Becky to win. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to lie, I kind of want to see Tiffany with that NXT title again because of the year that she's had. Um, she has not had a bad match yet. I've always, uh, over this past year, enjoyed seeing Tiffany in the ring. So I'm kind of hoping she can get that title back, but we'll see. But this was 
hands down one of the best matches of the year. Let's go into the next match. So we have Trinity versus Mickey James at Bound for Glory. Okay, so in this match, it was already foreshadowed that we would see these two collide when Mickey James could not help herself. When she looked at Trinity holding the title after their tag match at the 1000 episode of Impact. After that was caught on camera, Mickey had to make her intentions known to Trinity. Woman to woman, she told Trinity that she wanted that Impact title back and she really wanted to face Trinity for a while. By then, Trinity pretty much understood that every woman on the knockouts division was going to want to challenge her for that title, and she was always ready to defend her spot. So she accepted this match, and you could tell that she genuinely wanted to get in the ring with Nikki James. So in this Bound for Glory match, we see that initially both women are filling each other out, you know, trying to get into a groove. But soon, Trinity takes control of the match, but Nikki one of the best at playing mind games, kind of throws Trinity off for a second when she enjoys the little butt wiggle that Trinity delivered to Mickey in the corner of the ring a little too much and showed off a raunchy hand gesture that we've seen before from Mickey. Um, so that was a very funny spot and it allowed Mickey to just gain control for a minute. So very well played by, by Mickey. Uh, Trinity recovers and really starts to wear James out when she does a tilt-to-world in the middle of the ring and has a vice-like grip on Mickey's ribs. Trinity locks in that star-struck submission and gets Mickey to tap out. And you can really see that Mickey is visibly distraught. I don't think that Mickey is going to stop her goal on trying to recapture the Impact Women's title, but Trinity did pass a very important test in this match. She was able to beat Mickey, who has not been easy feat for any of the women that are at the top level of the knockouts division. So this was a really good uh, match for Trinity to be victorious in because it's really proving that it's going to be very hard to take that title from Miss Trinity because she is holding on to that with a vice-like grip. So we're going to get into the next match on this list, and that is Janai Kai versus Naomi Axio from MLW, which has uh, really been impressing me over the past two years has, as they have been trying to build up the featherweight division. And in this match, this was a very surprising one um, at the Slaughterhouse pay-per-view in October because Janai was a surprise opponent for the then-champ Dami. She was not expecting to have to deal with Janai Kai. And Janai Kai was announced by her new uh, manager, Selena De La Renta, who is just racking up clients like, honestly, like how we see Thanos um, locking in rings. <laughs> like she really is getting some of the best talent in the MLW. And now we know that Janai Kai is one of those newest talent. And immediately Janai comes out and she goes to work to decimate Dame. And um, how can you really prepare for someone as intense as Janai Kai? And we see that because of this lack of uh, awareness on who Delmay was going to fight. 
in this debut match, Janai Kai shows what a lethal weapon she is, and she wins the MLW Women's Featherweight title in just a mere few minutes. And I think that the way that they're already building Janai Kai, she is going to be someone that might possibly hold on to that title for a while. And I think it's really good that they are starting off with having such strong uh, champs to really build up this, this newer title. Uh, we had Taya Valkyrie, we had Dominic Exio. Now we have Janai Kai. And even with uh, the recent match that Janai had in MLW after this, we see that her matches are usually with her just instantly winning within like seconds of getting in the ranks. They're really building her up as this very strong champ. So I think that is the way to go with someone like Janai Kai. But this match, I think, really solidified um, how strong the women's division is going to be in MLW with having Janai Kai at the head of it. So that was definitely one that I wanted to include because I feel like many times MLW is left out of these conversations um, with women's wrestling um, because they have a really good featherweight division for the women. All right, let's go into the next match. We have Athena versus Mercedes Martinez. Ring of Honor for their November 4th match. Mercedes Martinez comes into this match as a former Ring of Honor Women's Champion, and she is clawing to get back uh, from the women. Uh, she's clawing to get back from Athena what she feels is rightfully hers, and we've seen this for the past few months. So to see Athena and Mercedes collide again was awesome because, as we know, Mercedes lost the title to Athena close to a year ago. So you know that she has a chip on her shoulder for this. And Mercedes comes out with uh, someone that she has created a really close bond with and has even had tag matches with, uh, uh, Diamante. And uh, you know that Diamante is out there, that there is gonna be some interference. So you already know what's up coming to this match. And Athena has to battle in this match on her own for a while because Billy Starks is missing after being berated by Athena a week prior to this match. But Athena seems completely unfazed and she only has her eyes on her opponent and keeping that title. And Mercedes and Athena throw everything but the kitchen sink at each other in this match. Diamante tried to interfere, but Athena gave her a good punch to keep her out of the match. And Mercedes then hits and gets hit with the women's belt out of nowhere by a person who has on an AEW hoodie blocking um, their face. And then moments later, it's revealed that that person was in fact Billy Starks. So Athena initially is a bit skeptical about Billy coming in and about her allegiance. So she kind of puts her hands up, ready to, to get pummeled. But Billy bows down to Athena and hands her the title. And at that time, I was convinced and last week proved it that Billy was just buying her time until she can turn on Athena. And I just loved how that was foreshadowed in this because even with Billy handing Athena the title in this um, at the end of this match, you can clearly see that her allegiance is no longer tied to Athena. So um, outside of that, I feel like this was one of the best title defenses that Athena has had. 
and she is just proving that it's really going to possibly take like some outside forces, some some unbelievable force to have Athena lose that title because she always finds a way to make it out of these matches with that title in her hands. So I'm really curious about what's going to cause Athena to actually lose that title. But I am enjoying the ride thus far because Athena is doing her thing. So let's go into the next match. We have Trinity versus Sunny Kiss. I absolutely love this match. This was for the November 6th Impact episode. And the crowd was so hyped for this match. I feel like Sunny completely got a raw deal in AEW. He was one that uh, fans really loved. And all of a sudden, we see that Sonny's not getting that type of spot that I feel was deserved. And in Impact, and I hope to see this going into 2024, that we see that Sonny really continues to get these great matches. So the crowd is hyped in Chicago for this. And this is uh, the same place where Trinity made her Impact debut. So we see that same energy from the fans. Sonny is bringing the fire as the crowd cheers uh, for, for this, uh, really this debut match. Of Sunny. Sunny did appear before, but I think this was like the first one to really get the crowd to see what could be expected from Sunny's possible run and impact. I don't believe that Sunny is fully signed to impact, so hopefully that can change. Uh, these come two competitors show off their agility by easily getting out of each other's arm locks and creating a bit of a stalemate when they perform some of the same moves on each other, even blowing kisses at one another to really just make it clear that they are just on their A game. And Trinity gets a leg up before Sunny grabs her and takes uh, and takes her on a tilt world and drops her right on her face. A standing moonsault and a handspring back elbow in the corner of the ring keeps Sunny in control. And if you haven't seen this match, you have to see this spot in the, the match. It was absolutely incredible. A bulldog through the ropes from Trinity puts her back in the game. A split pin doesn't get Trinity the win that she expected. Neither does a split leg moonsault that she just so effortlessly pulls off. You can see that Trinity is starting to see Sunny Kiss uh, did not come to play. and She really has to go into her bag. And uh, Kiss really wants to be a major player in Impact. You can tell with this passion and just the arsenal that Sunny brings into this match. A magnificent step over handspring boot from Sunny Kiss has the fans gasping when Kiss goes for the pin. But Trinity somehow kicks out. And then Trinity spikes Sunny Kiss into the mat and then slams Kiss into the mat on the tailbone to get the win. This was a hard-fought match by these two competitors. And Kiss is definitely, could have the potential if fully signed to be a huge player in impact. And I don't really think that anyone's surprised. You just let Sunny do uh what you can do best, and you're always going to be in for a treat. And this night was no different. I love the chemistry that Trinity and Sunny have. So I'm hoping that we can see them in the ring again because I'm really waiting for Sunny to have those opportunities to shine against phenomenal champions like Trinity. So this was definitely one of my favorites for this year. 
Let's go into the next match. We have the tag team match, the six-woman tag team match from Impact's 1,000th anniversary knockouts match. And Impact's 1,000 episodes brought from two nights was jam-packed and had some incredible matches. However, the knockouts really stood out on both nights, starting off with one of the best segments in Impact Wrestling, in my opinion, where the knockouts had a 20-minute segment and the knockouts from the past and the present interacted with one another. During this match, there was an announcement about the six women's tag match. And let me tell you, these women did not disappoint. Yell Kim had a great comeback in this match, taking the brunt of the heel team's attacks, the beautiful people taking their rightful places as one of the best heels factions in Impact history. Giselle Shaw being a strong component for her team and Jordan Grace and Savannah Evans proudly showing their strength was really cool to see. We saw Trinity show why she's the champion in this match and Mickey James coming in and making an impact for her team with key spots. Deanna getting to mix it up with Gail Kim was really awesome. I really love that they let these two collide. Uh, but the biggest pop of the night had to be when Awesome Kong came into the ring and smacked the holy hell out of the very cocky Tasha Steels. The face team of Trinity, Jordan Grace, Mickey James, Gail Kim, and Awesome Kong took home the win. But this was a dream match that actually lived up to the hype. So this was really cool to see, and there was no way that I was going to make this list without putting this together. Because as we know, when you have matches that have this many women in the ring, it is very easy for this to go wrong. But luckily, it did not because they had some of the very best in the ring. So kudos to all the women in this match. And we're going to go into the next match on the list which is from Crown Jewel. We have Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez versus Zoe Starks, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. And honestly, when this match was announced, I wasn't that excited for it because I felt like Rhea Ripley did not have so far in her reign a few that really grabbed my attention. Nothing to do with Rhea. Rhea is an enigma in her own right. I just didn't feel like she really had opponents that I can think of the top of my head that really had like this amazing feud that I could really uh, rally against. So to have five women in the ring at one time, I felt before this match really didn't serve Rhea Ripley. But I think that they really delivered and had a strong match. Um, so first off, the entrance alone for Rhea Ripley at Crown Jewel was one of the best of the year. Rhea comes out looking as dominant of a champ as humanly possible. She has several Saudi men standing at the top of the ramp as she walks through them. And I think um, it's so iconic seeing her, and it, is, it will become iconic, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see this um, again, and it might become one of the most famous entrances where they have this amazing shot of Rhea holding that title as the fire and the pyro is going off. And I feel like that mirrored the shift that we're seeing uh, with the Crown Jewel uh, shows, where the female wrestlers are being welcomed and showing that uh, and shown that respect that they deserve to really 
um, not hold back on how badass their characters are and actually becoming some of the biggest attractions for the show. So I think that that interest um, was deliberately put there to show that there was a new era um, with these Crown Jewel um, events. So that was just fantastic to see. And in this match where there's so many moving parts, it was very vital for each woman to pick their spots and to pick it well. And uh, they certainly did. Shayna really showing what a master she was at putting on some crazy submissions in this match. Zoe starts taking on some hard bumps and delivering some impressive dives was cool. Um, Naya really being a monster heel in this match and uh, making sure that she's really coming off as um, as big and broad as she could was really cool. Raquel's choke slamming Naya Jax from the top rope was a really cool spot. And I love how Rhea just capitalized on everyone else getting destroyed and then she bought herself some time outside the ring and then coming in to make that pin was awesome and she retained her title in this match. And I'm hoping that with this uh, title retention that we're able to see some more feuds that really, you know, in my opinion, will show off how awesome Rhea Ripley is because we certainly get that with all of the segments and and uh, and things that she has done uh, in WWE over this year, no doubt about it. But I'm really looking forward to see, and I agree with this, 2023 was definitely a fantastic year for Rhea, but I am hoping that we can get this just magnificent feud that Rhea can have with that SmackDown uh, World Women's title that can really just push her into the stratosphere in 2024 because it's not about her ability. Definitely not about like how amazing she is in the ring. I mean, we can go back to uh, this year's Royal Rumble to uh, to really look back at that. But I need that feud that I feel would just take it over, you know, with really being able to catalog the awesome feuds that she has had with that title reign. I think that would just be phenomenal. So I'm hoping, really hoping that we can see that. Um, let's just take a little break and then we'll go over the last few matches that I have on the list for the best women's matches of 2023. Hey, yo, you. Yeah, you. That's watching this. You sitting on the couch staring at the screen not knowing what you want to do. Like, this is an online college. Are you tired of wearing shirts that make you look like an extra stuck in catering? Do you want to step your wrestling swag game up to the next level? Then Women's Wrestling Talk has got you covered. Like, literally. Are you for life in pink or black and white? Or maybe you're the EST and people need to respect you accordingly. Want to put some pride in your stride and show off the muscle in your hustle? Then make sure you check out the WWT store. Not now, but right now. A'ight? What you waiting for? Head to www.talkpodstore.com and don't make me fight you. Shit. All right. So, you know, we got to make sure that you guys are getting that Women's Wrestling Talk merch, you know, just to continue to uh, take as much money out of your pockets as we possibly can this holiday season. Let's jump back into this list. The next match that I have is, let's put you back on the stage and let's get right into it. We have the SummerSlam match between Asuka Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. 
So we always know when these women are involved in the match, it's going to be great. We already knew that. However, going into this SummerSlam Women's title match, everyone was wondering if EO Sky was going to cash in her Money in the Bank briefcase. And we knew with the cryptic message that Bailey had in the pre-match interview that more than likely that was going to happen. So that was definitely in the back of our heads going into this match. And the in-ring action with Asuka, Bianca, and Charlotte was phenomenal. However, I feel that this match mostly made the list because of that long-awaited cash-in for EO and uh, her getting opportunity to hold the Raw Women's title was just good for business. And I'm still surprised that Bianca went through all of that in the match, even coming back into the match after she had, uh, you know, really gone through it with her leg in the match. She wins the title only to hold it for a mere few seconds before uh, it was taken from her. And the reason why I'm surprised is because I thought after this match when Bianca came back that we were definitely going to get a heel turn after this. So to not receive that was really surprising. But uh, it was obviously a phenomenal match. But there's just something about EO finally getting that opportunity to hold on to that title was really cool. So I had to put that on the list because this was the beginning of EO's awesome run uh, with the title for this year. Let's get on to the next match of the night. We have Mayu Yomashita versus Killer Kelly. And this was uh, Miyu's uh, impact debut. So Miyu had really been taking it all over the world and really making a name for herself in 2023. So it was incredible to see that she made sure that she stopped off into the impact zone and faced off against the intimidatingly scary Killer Kelly. And early on, both women are feeling each other out. But soon, Miu takes over with some stiff kicks to the midsection that brings Killer Kelly back to earth. And Killer Kelly starts to bring in some strikes of her own that really put her back into the game. And Kelly's vicious headbutts and a suplex in the turnbuckle will spell disaster for any other opponent. But Miu is none, none of the average opponents that Killer Kelly may have faced before. Towards the end of the match, these women just start throwing hard fists at each other, neither daring to give up. Killer Kelly locks in the killer clutch, and I think that she has it in the bag. But Miu quickly gets out of it, scoops Kelly up, and drops her on her head. The skull kick gets her the win, and an impressive impact debut for sure. And um, this is certainly true. Miu has been putting in the work all year. And definitely one of my favorites that I've been seeing throughout the year. And that's why she can't just be on this list just once, okay? Because she's been doing her thing. So I'm happy that I'm not the only one that thinks so. Because the next match that we have here, and look, I try not to put too many people in here more than once, but I can't help it, okay? We have Athena versus Miyu Yamashita. And this match was once again another reason why Athena has had the best title run, in my opinion, 
<laughs> women's wrestling this year. Athena wanted to start off her Ring of Honor women's title reign facing off against some of the top contenders in the industry, and Miu is certainly one of them. Miu has been making quite a splash in 2023 around the world, but definitely in Tokyo Joshi Pro. So the Ring of Honor fans gave her a warm welcome, as most Ring of Honor fans are heavily into what's happening on uh, in Japan for the uh, for the women's wrestling scene and the male wrestling scene. So it was no surprise that the fans were so excited to see Miu and Ring of Honor. And these two women took each other to task in this match. Miyu extends her hand first to adhere to the code of honor and Athena shakes her hand. And as soon as the bell rings, Miyu lays into the champ. Athena utilizes the ability to leave the, the ring to regroup and, you know, center herself. And however, Miyu just stays on Athena as soon as she comes back to the ring and delivers some brutal kicks to Athena's midsection. Athena grabs the ropes uh, the rope apron to try to uh, gain leverage and she switched the control of the match and really starts to work on Miu's left leg. From this point, the match goes back and forth with both women fighting to the finish. Athena walks to the ring, walks out of the ring to the ramp, again trying to buy her some time. And Miu, of course, takes the bait and follows her and Athena gets thrown hard onto the entrance ramp. And Miyu thinks that she has Athena, but all she did was unleash the ruthless side of her. Athena delivers a brilliant cannonball off of the ramp and drags Miyu back to the ring. Ultimately, Athena wins the match after she causes Miyu to pass out while in a, head, a face lock. And this match, in my opinion, made Athena look like a million bucks and showed a lot of U.S. fans how impressive Yimo Yomoshita really is. Um, I can't uh, I can't recommend this match enough because once again, when you keep going into Athena's title reign, not only is Athena making herself look good, but she is making sure that she is taking on some of the best in the industry right now. And it's just amazing going through this catalog that Athena has had and that she has acquired over this year. Let's get into the next match. Um, I wanted to make sure as I was ending this list that I really highlighted how great this New Japan Resurgence event was with the Strong Women's Championship Tournament. Each woman freaking brought it. So let's go over these matches and we're going to start off with Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Van Cure. One of my favorites actually right now that's really making an impact. Stephanie completely dominated in this match. This was her first time competing in New Japan and she certainly left a mark. Stephanie had a mission to show in 2023 that she is one of the best competitors in the world and she is currently a reigning champion twice over with the CMLL Women's Championship and the CMLL Tag Team Championship. She has competed in stardom, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and CMLL, and shown that she will always take her opponents to task in a match. And she definitely did it with Mercedes. 
Mercedes did have a strong showing in this match and had the fans really behind her. The crowd was going nuts when she made her entrance. Some of the loudest crowd interaction that I've seen this year, actually. However, it looked like as the match was really getting on, that maybe uh, really early on, Mercedes actually got injured when uh, Stephanie locked in an armbar submission on the ring post. She did it really rough, and it seemed like it kind of threw Mercedes off. And even then, Mercedes still pulled through and continued on with the match. But you can see something was a little off. Even moving on to the next round, Mercedes was able to win this match. Uh, she hits the moneymaker to get the win. Uh, I was pretty nervous about whether she was going to be able to continue on this match, but this was a really, really good match, and it really, I think, set the tone for people becoming really interested in what Stephanie Becker has to show next. And I have been going through Stephanie's catalog after I saw this match, so I definitely think you should too because she is one to watch in this upcoming year. Let's go on to the next match from the Strong Women's Championship Tournament. We have Momo Kogo versus Willow Nightingale. This was a great match because Momo really was showing that she is a tough cookie in this match. It took on the bubbly yet powerful Willow Nightingale. This match definitely did put Momo on my radar as someone to watch going forward in 2024. She was not going to let the height or weight advantage get in the way of her feeling confident in this match. And even with all that confidence, Willow did not come to play and she took control of this match early on, delivering cannonballs, big chops, uh, uh, arm lariats, and flexing a bit of muscle for the crowd in the, in the atrium. And I kind of felt bad for Momo because I felt like Willow was going to take her apart. But even when I started to feel bad, Momo came back and pulled off an amazing crucifix crossbody. And Willow, at the last minute to put her leg on the rope, she was trying to hold on, y'all. But once Willow took off the straps on her gear and pulled out the babe with the power bomb, Momo had no chance but to call it a night. But, um, I really still loved uh, Momo's efforts because it really showed how much endurance she has, how freaking tough this very tiny woman is. And it really just goes to show, usually when you're seeing Joshi wrestling, these women don't give up and they have many things in their arsenal. This match also really showed off why Willow was a part of this tournament because she was just on fire. Let's move on to the next match. We have Mercedes Monet versus Willow Nightingale in this tournament. So we get to the end of the tournament, and we are happy to see these two women make it to the end. And this match, I actually had in my head as a dream match when Mercedes announced that she was going to be um, wrestling women from all over the world. I didn't know if it was going to happen, but I was really excited to see if it was a possibility that Mercedes could face off against Willow. And uh, Mercedes comes out dressed as Snow White, and she completely enchants the crowd with her second appearance for the night. I mean, for close to maybe 45, maybe 60 seconds, the crowd is going nuts and just getting loud and standing up and showing how excited they are to see Mercedes again. And then they give Willow her moment 
to feel that love that the crowd wanted to give. And it was really, really a cool moment. To me, one of the best um, eruptions from the crowd that I've seen this year. So that's even just from that point in the match, even before they lock up, you have to check out that um, that crowd reaction that Willow and Mercedes Monet got. And um, it was a little troubling to see that Mercedes kind of seemed like she was nursing an injury in the match, but it didn't like fully show because she was putting her on this match. And she didn't let it take away from the chemistry that Willow and Mercedes had. Um, throughout most of the match, Willow was in control and she brought out a powerful pounce, clotheslines, and a Boston Crab to really show that she could hang with Mercedes. So that was really cool to see. Um, but Mercedes was able to make a comeback and she had some hard blows and elbows that she delivered to Willow. And Willow, Willow was able to pull it together and she got the babe with the power bomb to become the first ever New Japan Women's Strong Champion. And I was so ecstatic to see this happen for Willow because just like I stated in the beginning, toward the uh possibly towards the beginning of 2023 i was starting to feel like i know people were going to give willow the type of uh opportunities to become a champ somewhere that, that i wanted like on a major promotion even though she was having the best matches over the past two to three years every time she was on any promotion so to see that willow was able to face off against someone as accomplished as mercedes monet stand toe-to-toe -to -toe her, have a incredible match, and actually win the title was really cool to see. And just straight up, this tournament, the Strong Women's Tournament, to me, was one of the best of 2023. And that's why I had to highlight all of them, because every match really brought it, and it could have all been main events on its own. So that was really cool. Uh, we're going to get into this Willow Nightingale Julia match. And the reason why I think it's important to highlight this match is because this was one of Willow's first title defenses. And Julia really wanted to prove that she could take that title from Willow. Julia was making it clear that the Strong Women's Championship was a new Japan title and it should be defended in Japan. So you've kind of felt, and, and as she said, it shouldn't be held by a grinning foreigner. So already Julia was bringing it, even in her promo, on why she felt that she should be the champ. And immediately after Julia made the statement during an, um, a post-match uh, interview, quickly Momo Kogo came to Julia and warned her that she should not take Willow Nightingale lightly, that she is a better wrestler than you think, and then you should take it seriously. So Julia was offended by this and actually attacked Momo. So already we're seeing what type of competitor uh, Willow has to, uh, to take this. And I love um, that Julia was making it clear that she wanted this title to be defended in Japan and to be held by a, a, a female Japanese wrestler. And I think honestly, just like I felt kind of with the same narrative with uh, the IWGP title, I feel like a lot of women that went stardom felt like they kind of got pushed to the side when, when both titles were created and that they deserved to hold those titles. 
So already going into this match, we know that Julia is not the least bit worried about facing Willow. And at this Independence Day New Japan event, uh, Julia really proved that she can hang with Willow. Not that we're surprised because Julia has had a phenomenal year. Uh, they really laid into each other with hard slaps and chops that would have made anyone else beg for mercy. Even Willow's lariats didn't take Julia out. And ultimately, Julia was able to deliver a vicious knee strike and followed that up with the Northern Lights bomb to get the win and to become the new New Japan uh, Strong Women's Champion. And I definitely understand giving Julia the title. I just want to see that the title doesn't constantly change hands, just like I feel with the IWGP title, before someone really has a fruitful title reign. So I'm hoping that someone as talented and infectious as Julia actually has a strong title reign moving forward. And I was kind of bitter about Willow losing the title because I felt like this was her chance, you know, to, to hold this prominent title. But there could be some big things in store for Willow, either in AEW or in Ring of Honor, because she has split her time up um, going from both pro, um, both roster, both the Ring of Honor roster and AEW. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I definitely agree this was. I had to fit this match in because I was like almost done with the list. But I'm like, no, I, I have to put this in. So uh, this was a really good match that I definitely recommend anyone uh, to check out if you haven't already before this year is up. So now I am on the last entrant that, that I, I could put in because just like I said, if I put in every match that I thought was awesome this year, we would be here all day. So this is the last match that I had that was actually um, one of... Well, obviously, we still have a few weeks left, but one of the last matches of, of 2023. And this is the match between Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, and Sky Blue for the TBS Women's Championship. The reason why I feel that this match should be highlighted is because for all of the things that we would legitimately have an argument for for AEW, I feel like the transitions that Julia Hart, Chris Statlander, and Sky Blue have had over this year for the better have been great. I feel that AEW took their time with letting Julia find herself and really have a strong character as she's a part of the House of Black. I think that Sky Blue is really finding herself with her character, and Chris definitely was championship material going into this. So for these three women to have really strong characters, to have had a really strong year coming into this, this match definitely had to be highlighted. And um, Chris really knew going into this match that she had Sky Blue and Julia chopping at the bit to hold this TBS title. So you know that she really understood, especially with the maturity that Julia, uh, that Chris has in the ring and also mentally to understand the stakes that were involved with this match. So we really see that Chris is very focused on trying to uh, keep this title throughout the match. We see the awesome entrances that Julia has Chris and Sky. So we've already set the tone at full gear. 
And uh, Sky Blue and Julia initially start out this match trying to work together to take out the champ Statlander. And after Sky and Julia solve that problem, they start going up each other naturally. And Statlander comes back into this matchup and delivers German suplexes over and over again to both Julia and Sky. That really was a highlight of this match. But Julia surprisingly just sets up a quick pin to uh, Sky Blue to become the new TBS Women's Champion. And I was certainly shocked, not because you didn't see the writing on the wall that Julia is definitely going to be pushed to the moon uh, going forward, and she definitely deserves it because she's putting a lot into this character. But uh, I was not expecting it to happen in this match. I was kind of expecting that they were gonna possibly have this match, but then uh, possibly let possibly let Julia get to a point where she's having several matches, uh, uh, main event matches with Chris, and then have her win the title. But even then, the crowd, including myself, is really behind Julia as well. So. Hey, I'm here for it. You want to put the title on her? Let's run with it. And let's see how her 2024 reign is. I definitely think there weren't any mistakes made. And possibly this could lead into a really good feud with Chris and Julia moving forward. But I think that um, for just like I said, for many things that sometimes we could complain about with AEW's women's division. And obviously we have the right, we have the right to, to want better for the roster. I think that whether it's Tony Storm, Julia, Chris Statlin, or Sky Blue, there has been some great development for the characters overall on the women's division that I really have liked over this past few, well, let's just say past few months, over the past year throughout to, uh, 2023, that I think that people um, have been making clear that they really enjoyed, and I certainly have. And that's why uh, next uh, for the next episode of Deep Dive, I'm really looking forward of going over the best moments for women in wrestling over 2023, because then we can really get into some of the great character um, choices that a lot of the, the women's wrestlers have made and how they've made good moments even outside of the ring that we really enjoyed for this year. So that is the end of my list for uh, 2023. Just like I said, I'm pretty sure there are so many matches that we can think about that more than likely I'm going to be thinking about after after today that I wish I would have put. But there's just so much great women's wrestling content out there that there's no way we can make a list long enough for that. But I think because we know that, we should really be excited about what's to come for 2024 because of this amazing year that we've already had for women's wrestling. Um, oh, that's a really good question to to leave off. Gosh, because I'm so in love with Julia because I've really been looking at her stuff over um, the past few months. Um, I really liked her match that she recently had with Hyen, but I'm really, I'm not gonna lie, I want a rematch with Willow Nightingale and Julia. I really would like to see, and I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they were foreshadowing this, that Julia and Momo might actually uh, fight because just like I said, in that strong women's tournament that Momo uh, Kogo was in, she really proved 
even though she's proved it already, how strong of a competitor she is, that I would love to see her face off against Julia. Um, I would love if they really have uh, Julia facing off against competitors all over the world. Um, they did hint, and I was just about to say this, they did hint that uh, Trisha Dore really wants to have a shot at that New Japan uh, Strong Women's title. So we'll see what happens with that. And I think she uh, and Trish also kind of campaigned to see if uh, possibly if she can uh, face for the IWGP title. We'll see. Um, Stephanie definitely needs to get the opportunity um, to, to, uh, to possibly see if she can have that strong title because she's truly proving how vicious she is in the ring and she definitely needs that opportunity. Uh, because she certainly proved in that tournament that she is a force to be reckoned with. But uh, yes, that is the end of this episode for today. Thank you for input and not uh, going down my neck about like what matches were here, what matches weren't, because this was so hard to choose, guys. It was really hard to feel like for the most part, I brought the tone of what was uh, some of the best matches of this year. And once again, some of the best women's matches of this year. Um, I'm really looking forward to going over some of the best moments um, from women in wrestling, because I think that's going to be a really fun uh, list to go over. So stay tuned for that. But uh, I will say, if there were matches that I mentioned that you haven't seen, do yourself a favor and check them out. Um, and start getting to see some women that you may not have been able to check out this year, but you just um, discovered them. Definitely do that. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, and I hope that you stay tuned for the next episode of Deep Dive. Thank you for watching. I hope to see you soon. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.